welcome to the FE Research Podcast with Joe and Alistair, a podcast that aims to shine a light on the practitioner inquiry, scholarship and research being carried out within further education. And once the students understood that they had a value, um, I'd say it didn't just improve the kind of uptake with the maths and the relevance and the understanding, but they also seem to buy in more to this idea of, of working hard because they're worth more on a wider scale anyway. Hi, Alistair. Nice to speak to you. Hi, Joe. Hi. Um, so, this is our first podcast. And should we say a little bit about how this came about? Yeah, I, I really um, enjoyed coming to the research meet that you put on at the Ashton Sixth Form College. And I came away wondering about how and, and why it was important to kind of share those voices on a, a kind of wider platform. And it occurred to me that maybe doing something like a podcast would be a great way to share that with a wider audience than just the people that were there in the room at the time. And drops mm-hmm. you a message and here we are now doing the first final recording. Yeah, here we are. Really exciting. And of course, our very first podcast is going to be all about you, you and your colleagues. So are you up for talking about the research that you've been up to? Yeah, I'd, uh, I'm looking forward to it and just sharing a little bit of the information about our kind of research journey and what we've come along with as well okay well let, let's get let's get cracking then so tell me about well tell start by telling me the title of your research and how it came about okay so our research that we've just put forward was uh, unlock the secret ingredient and that was about applying maths vocationally produce a confident and competent workforce but it came about off the back of some primary research that we did for the education training foundations Um, OTLA, uh, Outstanding Teaching, Learning and Assessment Technical Skills National Programme, which is a bit of a mouthful, which was um, managed by the AOC and in partnership with MFEC at the time. And we worked with um, a number of colleges looking at uh, specific kind of vocational areas for construction, creative design, engineering, manufacturing, hair and beauty. And uh, I was involved through the creative and design route um, through the college that work for they uh, invited me to kind of help and and input in that and as part of that research actually we probably found more questions than we found answers for anything and that then formed um, the next research project which got us to this unlocking the secret ingredient which we did through the uh, sunset ma short course um, in advancing pedagogy and post compulsory education and training Mm -hmm. Okay, you probably should explain what Sunset is and the relationship to the Education and Training Foundation. Yeah, Sunderland Centre Excellence in Teach Training, I think, is the uh, the breakdown. Um, and they've been working with the Education and Training Foundation to increase um, research and particularly practitioner research to feed back into the, um, well, as it says, advancing pedagogy um, for the sector for FE. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's, of course, where we met originally. Okay, well, thanks for outlining the title and how it came about. So w- when you set out with this, what, what did you really hope to achieve or learn, or maybe what did you hope to change through doing this piece of practitioner inquiry? Well, because the initial process was looking at the outstanding teaching, learning and assessment, we, we started off by trying to work out how we could teach maths in an outstanding and excellent way and uh, we were very quickly put 
back down in our place by talking to an employer um, who kind of said that we were looking at the wrong things for the wrong reason. And that threw us a little bit. We were scratching our heads and having a good think about um, how we can move forward. And therefore, the motivation really that, that the research took on was about answering the questions that the employers gave to us. And what he said was, mm. he said we were looking from the wrong focus. And he said, ultimately, the only people that really mattered in this were the students themselves, because they wanted to find a job. And to find a job, they needed to do exactly what the employers were, were needing and what they were looking for. Um, so it's about working back from that point. And actually, the things that were least important on the list were the, the kind of stakeholders in terms of um, the, the kind of college management, the, um, the structure that was looking at the qualifications framework, and perhaps to appoint the teaching staff as well. Because although all of those things were quite important to the students and uh, um, having a, a good quality grade in a GCSE, which is those kind of gold standards brought out in the Wolf Report, although they're really important for kind of getting a foot in the door, employees were pointing out a lack of skills when it came to being able to apply them in the workplace mm. um, that, and, and really the motivation then came in how can we address that how can we find the balance between meeting the traditional needs of getting the good qualifications and the good grades but also having those vocationally applied skills it's kind of that balancing act of making sure that you give the students and the employers what they need as well as meeting the needs of um, the curriculum and the qualifications framework at the same time okay okay so I, I i suspect is that quite unique then would you say um you know being so having such close and detailed conversations with employers about maths delivery within college with what vocational provision i think the most important thing that came out of those conversations really was that we'd got quite a misguided view on what we thought they wanted and that was really mm. where this came in and and that's where the research really begins to inform me because of course you set out on these things thinking you know um what you expect to find and, and you get thrown these curveballs that change direction yes. um yes I, and it was that that informed the whole way of things changing from that point forward okay and um, so when how, how did you actually carry out this um piece of research and who was involved <laughs> Well, through the initial stages, like I said, we had a, a whole range of other of colleges, um, but within our particular college, we had a small team of uh, vocational teachers from the creative art and design sector, but also some maths teachers as well. And as we took that research further forward, uh, one of the, the other teachers, uh, Hannah Dighton, and myself sort of took that next stage, that next level through to the, uh, the Sunset Programme with, with this Unlock the Secret Ingredient stage. And we worked across my, my particular program area in art and design, but we also looked at the way that we were applying these skills um, in construction areas um, and other vocational programs as well, just to kind of help and inform our development. We kept our focus predominantly on a group of students that I work with through our level three programs. And uh, we, we focused on our photography students and applying the skills in their particular um, kind of job set area. Mm -hmm. And I worked quite closely with Hannah so that she could provide some insight into the specialist math delivery. And then we had kind of my take on the vocational input on that as well as we went forward so that we could have something that gave the right skills in the right way, but emulated the real world. So Hannah is the math specialist and you came with, you're, you were the vocational expert 
Is that right? Yeah, that, yes, that's how we worked on this one, yeah. Okay. Um, can I ask about how practitioner inquiry or um, teacher research is supported within your college? Yeah, they've been fantastic because, of course, they invited us to, to take part with this first initial OTLA project. Um, but they were fantastic in supporting us to move forward with the Sunset programme. And we've had a few other um, teachers that have, have taken that route as well in the past and some that are mm. kind of on the programme at the moment are going through the MPhil process. We've also developed off the back of this a bit of a kind of community of interest in research. And the idea that actually sometimes the really small scale stuff can give the really big impact. So we're starting to uh, do a lot more kind of inside the college as well as outside with with other institutions yeah. like sunset as well yeah okay um what well, one of the things I'm, I'm really interested in is about how um you manage the ethical considerations i mean do you have a kind of ethical approvals process within the college or is that just something you managed with within the sunset program um in this instance we we followed the the kind of bureau guidelines for the ethics side of that but we also have our own ethics committee that we run with within college anyway and we use those for our he programs but we also use them to approve any ethics for our own research work that we do along at the same time so it was kind of a you know a, a double-edged process in that one that, that we had yeah. two ways to to cover it yeah okay um so you would have started out early on reading some key literature, I'm assuming, and I'm just wondering what you might have been looking at there and if you've got any recommended reads for people interested in, in this topic. I think I'd like to say, yeah, there's this great book and, and it has all these interesting things in it. But the reality was because most of this research was informed by the employers suggesting we maybe have it wrong and as having to find these things out for ourselves, there was there's very little kind of information in one place um we did find a a report on understanding mathematics anxiety from the nuffield foundation that was probably quite informative in how we looked at um the, the teaching delivery in the classrooms but i think the one thing that that really stood out is there's so many little bits of information that need pulling together and collating that aren't always easy to find in one spot and we were fortunate to have a wealth of reports that have already put, been put into place looking at um, vocational teaching of maths when it comes to workplace learning and perhaps the embedding of maths in a traditional sense for um, covering GCSE and functional skills programs. And so we we're able to take elements of all of those reports and bring them together to, to pull out the bits that supported what the employers were telling us and also the way the students were behaving with the research at the same time. Okay. Um, well, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, that you you were having to piece together little parts and, and there wasn't actually a body of stuff for you to, to go to. I think I've, I've probably quite a few people have found that. What, um, so you, you, obviously you've, you've got through it now and you submitted um, your work. So what were, the, what were the key findings that you would want to highlight to anybody listening to this podcast? Um, I think for the most part, I was surprised by the engagement we got from the students. I mean, the, the dream is you set out to come up with these programs and, and you kind of hope that, that the students will be on board with it and you'll have the positive outcomes. But for the most part, they were really, really involved in the buy-in because they could see the vocational relevance. So that the, for example, um, there was a, a decrease of about 50% in the students that had a lack of confidence in, in applying the maths before and after we ran the small program and the workshops. Right. Um, mm. in part of this which I would say is a, a sizable change yeah. 
Um, so on the wider part, we had 58 wider students that were involved through kind of a range of different vocational areas. But we did focus the key part on just a small group of 20 photography students in one class. And um, the, the work that we did, we're now scaling up across the kind of art and design programs anyway. Uh, because they're still applicable so that's that's worked out quite well and yeah. favorable for us <laughs> well that kind of leads me to my last last few questions really which re relate to um you know what what participation in this study ultimately has meant for your students or the college yeah i'm the thing that's really kind of stood out for me was that the students could see the vocational relevance. This mm. wasn't about trying to buy them into studying maths. And a big part of the program that we did was to not mention maths or maths terms <laughs> as much as possible, <laughs> but to focus more on getting a job, having the skills to get a job, being able to use these skills in the workplace and to be able to calculate their kind of uh, tax and their hourly rate. And, and the focus really was on how much they're worth. And once the students understood that they had a value, um, I'd say it didn't just improve the kind of uptake with the maths and the relevance and the understanding, but they also seemed to buy in more to this idea of, of working hard because they're worth more on a wider scale anyway. Right. So, oh, that is, wow, that's a um, really positive I think that key message. So I'm not going to ask too much about that, but I'm just going to say what next then? You've done this. Uh, study you've got you've found your finding there's really positive impact on these photography students so what next well the immediate next that we're working on is we're rolling this across all of our um art and design students because the similar program to what we did works across the board working out how much they're worth as an individual working out their day rate and how they might price up their work and working in a kind of freelance structure um, and they're becoming more involved with that as well and of course it kind of crosses over with those work experience um, frameworks that that we're all trying to incorporate into our learning as well so it really is about providing the students with those next steps for um, vocational relevance but at the same time it does support their development and applying of maths um, the next stages we're hoping that we can do a little bit more with that and maybe take it uh, across some wider curriculum areas and I know that Hannah's carried on um, a lot of our research this year working with some of the construction students in more detail and trying to apply a lot of our findings into how she delivers their their maths and supportive maths lessons for improving their GCSE at the same time so okay. it's kind of growing and evolving getting yeah. bigger yeah sounds like it okay well um we'll, we'll end the questions there about your particular study Obviously, people can get in touch with you if they want to find out more about your study. And I believe you've also written an article for the test. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that should be, I'm told, um, in sometime in February. And okay. we'll put some information on the FE, uh, FE Research podcast Instagram and on Twitter on the hashtag. And we've also got our FE Research podcast, which the address is um, feresearchpodcast.school.blog. And we'll have a kind of summary of information and some uh, kind of directors to where we can find out more information about all of the things we feature on our podcast as we go along. Yeah. And that's also if people want to share um, anything via this podcast and they should get in touch via any of those platforms and um, one of us will interview them. <laughs> Yeah, okay. we want to have, yeah, we want to have our stage um, so that you can kind of share your research 
and um, please get in touch if you've got some ideas that we can can help you with okay right i think it's it, it that's i think it's about time to say goodbye now <laughs> yeah okay yeah it's like goodbye <laughs> from me <laughs> yeah and goodbye from me